I wanted to double check because I wasn't too sure, but I didn't see any pronouns in your bio. Oh, yeah. I take any pronouns, but I know people tend to just gravitate to she and her. So it's literally, yeah, any program uh, pronouns, she, her, they, them, he, his. I don't I don't honestly care. <laughs> I don't have a preference. Gotcha. I've been yeah. like he himed before when I used to have like really short hair. So I, I don't mind at all. OK, that's like Netscape. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I used to be any pronouns, but then eventually I was like, they, them, only. It's got to be that way. Something hey, man. Just... It gives you a good space to feel it <laughs> out. I don't know. Fight, figure out if you have any particulars, you know, that yeah. really like, yes, that does it for me. I feel like there's a good section. There's like the circles between people who bought Nokia stock during the GameStop craze and also identify as they, them. It's kind of like your <laughs> I'm sure there's definitely correlation there. I'm going to make a Venn diagram meme about that right now and just post it with no comment to Twitter. Rangers and citizens of Armenia, welcome <laughs> to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite and lovely NB Kennedy. Oh, hi. Hello. How are you doing today? You know, I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm sure better that we're potting now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd Especially rather be you in Power Rangers than lawsuit. <laughs> Especially since we've got our best friend Guau in the house. How's it going? It's going. I I watched those episodes. I am pumped to talk about it because as soon as I finished that third episode, I literally wrote in my notes, I am now emotionally invested in this show. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you love the episodes that we picked out. And really, uh, it was kind of hard to pick best. It was kind of easy to pick worst. But before we get to that, what has been your experience with watching the Power Rangers? I mean, I am in my mid-20s, so I think most folks like my age are like, no no Power Rangers from like Fox Kids and Jet X because I mean the first one that I remember having any vague recollection of watching was Time Force and I had the Star uh Force. the Game Boy Color Time game. <laughs> That's hey. really the most because the only hey. other experience that I can think of is the little snippet uh trailer for Time Force that was on the 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 VHS for Digimon the movie. <laughs> I Let's think that fucking was... go. <laughs> Other than that, it's time I... to digify Digimon. <laughs> Dude, that whole rap was great. I love uh, DJ Teapot. I think that's what his he's credited as on the album. I have. I think it. I, I unironically had the Digi rap on like my first Android phone that I owned. <laughs> you know what? Digivolution. Yep. Uh, that had that weird intro 
to the movie that somehow also made it onto the DVD, which was like the um, not the Amanda show, but it was like this weird cartoon. Uh, are you talking about um, Angela Anaconda, right? Yes. Yes. The newspaper looking show. Yes. Oh, I definitely remember Agilanta Conda. <laughs> That's like a fever dream, right? I, you know what? I have to say that I think it's probably nostalgia because I was also like a weird little girl with a bob haircut. So I think I just immediately gravitated to Angelanda Conda and I just, I can't vibe with the Angelanda Conda slander. I will say that. <laughs> I don't remember much of what happened. I just remember being like, hey, there's someone else who has my haircut on TV. That isn't Dora. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, as a beaner, I used to get that a lot. So <laughs> That's wild. Okay, uh, you I have know... to look this up. I, I'm always curious about like things like this. If I wanted to know if the DigiRap was like the Operation Overdrive theme song where it was secretly by half of the Black Eyed Peas. But uh, in this you mean case, Mystic Force. No, no. Mystic Force was the one. Operation Overdrive was the one by half the Black Eyed Peas. Mystic Force was the one by um, Shaka Blackman. <laughs> no, Shaka Blackman, the producer right. who did. Uh, uh, now you're making me redo this trivia and I'm doing it worse. When I did this it's trivia okay. right the first time. She almost sounds <laughs> like Andre Three Stacks. And we'll, we'll, we'll get through this trivia. I'm excited <laughs> to learn about DigiRap because all I know him is DJ Peapod. No, but I was going to say, I was hoping that there would be like a DJ Peapod is secretly something else because that's how it was with Operation Overdrive. It was some mm -hmm. weirdly credited thing, but then you look it up and it's actually like the lesser members of the Black Eyed Peas wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is funny because it's a terrible song. And uh, I mean, uh, I guess that's why they're probably case, no DJ Peapod or MC Peapod is just like a guy that, that is just a dude. That's it. That's it. He's it's like not, the guy who wrote all the songs for Sonic cooler, Adventure as far too. as I can figure out. Yeah, I don't think he did anything else really. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, his real name you know, is Josh D. Bear. Josh D. Bear. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if he did anything else, but doesn't seem like it. That's you know, unfortunate. <laughs> I talked to my uh, I talked to my coworker recently about like Power Rangers and how I've already watched like 18 seasons of it now. This is the 18th <laughs> season of Power Rangers. Uh, in case no, no this one is knew the 17th, this, 17th, right? No, oh, yeah, it's the 18th. Is... Yeah, oh, this is, is no, nope, 17. Is 17? What's 18? 17. 18, 18 is, samurai. Uh, samurai. Oh my God, I lied. Sorry, 17. Anyways, so I told them I watched 18 seasons of Power Rangers. So you lied. <laughs> well, you'll know, be there eventually. It's not a lie. It'll be true soon. <laughs> and he was You're like, oh, Dino rap. Thunder. And I'm like, no, Dino Thunder is trash, dude. What? He's like, no, dude, it was amazing. Nostalgia. <laughs> I was like, God, abolish the cop in your head. <laughs> It's bad. Tear Nostalgia down your statue. Powerful drug. <laughs> it really is. I did I get to tell him about Connor wanting to fuck a Greenpeace activist. That was amazing. That's the reaction I got out of that. Very That's specific. Like a, yeah, it is a very specific episode. <laughs> it's almost it's like a, it's episode. always. It's like the gang wants to fuck a a Greenpeace activist. The episode. From yeah, it's, it's Always Sunny, I swear yeah, to God. It's literally, I've seen episodes of It's Always Sunny that were less insane. 
<laughs> Especially since Connor was willing to die for it. He that was, was the hilarious part. Die. <laughs> you know what? Some lays are worth it. <laughs> the man bet his odds. He should be respected for that. <laughs> for sure. And now I sit here watching RPM and I go, you know what? Maybe it was kind of all worth it to finally get up to this season that everybody was hyping about outside of Dino Thunder <laughs> in the Disney era, right? Because it really didn't feel like anybody was really talking about Ninja Storm too much. Like, from the fan response that we've seen, it's been like, Cam was cool, he was the best, but, like, that was it. Nobody ever goes, like, Ninja Storm, Ranger Form, ha, you know? Yeah, they don't really do that. We didn't, really? You no, might. I mean, you might told us to expect good things out of that one, and and literally people just praise SPD because the the Red Ranger was black, and they made like the Black Cop Ranger red. Yeah, that, that seems to be I mean, well, like. Well, they gotta put some respect on this one because the Ranger's also black in this one. So if that's their baseline, yeah, Scott's like that cooler. was. And then I'm just like, TJ? Like, TJ didn't need to be a cop, and he was black, and he was in Turbo and in space, and he was fantastic in both. But, yeah, like... TJ feels like, weird like the stuff, Shirley Chisholm, like, Hillary Clinton's the first woman to run for president. And you're like... <laughs> okay, there's somebody, and? Else, there's somebody else back here that you forgot to mention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it actually is a lot like that when I see the fan response to that stuff. Like, uh, did y'all just forget that TJ existed? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and then, like, people were just really enticed with, like, Gossip Girl Power Rangers, which I guess Excuse that's, me? like, the... That was Dino Thunder. Oh. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean... But, like... <laughs> you think it would be interesting, but it, it goes nowhere by the end of all of it. Um, And they all hate each other. Even oh even when they do the reunion, they still hate, they each, don't other. hate each other in a fun way. It's not like they're actively like if they had actually done a season of the Power Rangers. I've been reflecting on this a bit. If they'd actually done a season where they were like actively backstabbing each other as Rangers and it was like a reverse dynamic where like the villains were like coherent, but not very strong. Like imagine like a Daishi type villain who has to build up over the season, right? And the Rangers could win, but like they hate each other. That would be interesting <laughs> if they actually like went all the way with it. But instead, it's just like, no, this is just like when you and your coworkers, you know, you smile and you cut have a slice of birthday cake together for 30 minutes and then you all walk out and you fucking oh, I hate those people so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Because even like even after when after they left high school, they were just like, ah, you're doing that. Ah, yeah, doing that. I haven't seen you in like a year. It's crazy. Hang <laughs> out some time. Okay, bye. Bye. Exact that's exactly <laughs> the vibe. It's it's insane. <laughs> you know, now and then we have RPM. Uh, something that's an incredible product on its own. And the reason why we have so much preamble here is because it's unlike any other season of Power Rangers that we've seen, right? Like we've kind of, we've seen sci-fi. We've seen like sort of 90s culmination of things in, in space, but you know, primarily Star Trek, right? And then we've had uh, Lost Galaxy, which was Starship Troopers, but played straight. It's... <laughs> 
Yay. Uh, and then, <laughs> then we head into the Disney era where you kind of just have like a mishmash of different genres to every season. You kind of don't know where they're going to go. And here we are with this post-apocalyptic sci-fi. And with that being said, you know, there was a lot of really good episodes to choose from. But we thought these two that we had in mind were like honestly just on a whole nother level. Like, you know, we have our scales and we we are known to break our scales, but you have to excel like really hard for us to want to break that scale. And we think we've hit it here. And then the worst, you know, we don't really think that there was too there wasn't like awful episodes in the season. Am I right? There, there were there were like two episodes really to pick from, I felt, for worst. That was it. Like it was like it was it was it was this or it was an episode near the end that also kind of wasn't very good. And I think you probably know which one I'm talking about. It's one of those things where it's just like the best part about this season is that the worst episode is like what? Like a five or a six, you know, somewhere around there. We don't know it's exactly a little where bit we're of gonna a land. Dad, but it's like harmless on its own. Like exactly. Watching it outside of context, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is children's TV, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Which made <laughs> yeah. me very excited because it meant that my guest was going to have a good time. Uh... <laughs> and I did. I did. It's it was fantastic. I, I, now I really do want to watch like the whole season because I really want to know where it goes. I read a All little right. bit outside of the episodes just to get it, like give myself a little more context, but I definitely want to see more of this season. Let's go. All right. Well, Kennedy, where do you want to start us off at? I guess we start with the worst because it's the first one in the chronological <laughs> order, right? <laughs> yeah, let's go. So uh, Handshake was a bit of a stumble episode. I mean, it's okay, quite, yeah, a, so... quite a good punny title, I will say, <laughs> considering what happens in the episode. I, I do have to give it a point there. <laughs> Yeah, get that punny cheese. There's an episode that I didn't uh, recommend to you, Guao, but we were like debating it where like it was hella subversive by the intro because you thought it was just going to be like a recap sort of episode that you can kind of <laughs> just like filler through, just like skip most of it to the relevant part. And then it was like, holy shit, actually, this had to do with like someone's perception on things. Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I, when I watch the season, I will be looking out for that episode then. So Vengex has like this window cleaner monster. It looks really bad. Vengex has this window cleaner bot. That's like his new thing. But also he's like, he has this moment with his generals where he's like, there's been too much failure around here. One of you has to go. And he says it's going to be Tanaya, but then it's not Tanaya. It's never Tanaya. He's always mad at Tanaya, but then he gets over it. So <laughs> He must be the eldest that's daughter. Something- that's something we'll discuss in the uh, season review. Yeah. <laughs> There's some aspects of that that are interesting. So Tanaya beats up some robots and Vengix is like, well, maybe you're kind of okay. You can once again prove yourself today, which is another common theme is like Tanaya's in trouble. So she's leading everything. That's kind of like a thing that's going on a lot this season. <laughs> Doesn't really... I have to ask, the way they set it up, though, I was like, oh, is there like a rotating cast of minions? Like not having context for anything going not, in. I was like, oh, that's kind of, of over the top. Also, it's, but... it's Tanaya a lot. <laughs> yes. Now that I, I saw the rest of the episodes, I'm like, ah, okay. I've yeah. seen that, seeing that pattern. <laughs> and then uh, also, this is a, a bit of like 
So this season has a lot of Fast and Furious. So when we get to the Rangers, uh, Dylan and Scott are just like having a a, a moment of of male ritual where they uh, rev their car engines at each other and talk shit. And uh, this is also <laughs> a theme of the season. This episode is very emblematic of like a lot of themes of the season that are overall okay, but like in this episode, a lot of it's like a little too cheesy. Like this scene was just like a little bit much compared to like there are better scenes where they're being competitive about their cars. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a little Goose it's rock. a little too trite. Like oh, okay, <laughs> they're men and they're revving their cars at each other. Though I do have to say the comment that uh, uh Dylan made about his hair. Oh, I. I just that threw me for I was like I had to pause it because I was like what yeah it just felt very random (laughs) there's a there's kind of some casual racism around hair this season okay I wasn't sure if that was just me if it wasn't just because it's 2009 (laughs) but you know he's just like oh I could tell you like to live dangerously because of your explains your hair I was like what does that mean Excuse me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, we you guys mentioned the, 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 the intro stuff, uh, the other episode, uh, that, like, it's just because, you know, he does some weird things. He's, like, a weird cyborg. The way Kennedy thing, explained it, like, I was like, it's actually kind of homoerotic when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> just two guys sitting in the, in, each, in their respective cars, revving revving their cars up. And looking at each other very intensely. Listen, Scott and Dylan are more romantic than Summer and Dylan. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Very unfortunate. It's manga syndrome. <laughs> yeah. It is. You build up two male leads. And they just kind of end up having much more chemistry than, you know, whatever. Dylan, Dylan doesn't know how to process them. that. So he has to process it the white supremacist way. <laughs> That's why it came out that way. He wanted to compliment on his hair, but it came it just yeah. came out like that. Just came out as <laughs> colonialism. I would say like later in the season they actually kind of managed to resolve this friendship into like a more positive and like good place, but right now it's just like Vegeta and Goku want to kiss. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They've defeated everyone else, but they can't seem to defeat each other. They can't defeat their feelings inside for one another. Uh, At this point, we get to the main theme of the episode, which doesn't make the episode better, uh, which is (laughs) Dr. K needs Dylan to practice this invincibility shield thing. And in order to do that, uh, she needs to undermine his ability to have any trust in anything whatsoever. <laughs> like, do you remember when we were all concerned that random objects around our house might be cake after seeing things that didn't look like cakes get cut open and revealed to be cakes on Twitter? Like, Dylan is having that experience, but with much more violent implications <laughs> than finding a cake. <laughs> this cake <laughs> is violence when you cut it open. <laughs> It's it's really bad. Uh, it's not a good plot <laughs> at all. So uh, there's a lot of just Dylan thinks he's having a normal day and then his cereal has a bomb in it. Um, <laughs> 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 so, 
and I'm not going to try to recap every scene of that, but suffice to say, it wears on Dylan to some extent. <laughs> but also, what's weird is by the end of it, he apologizes to Dr. K and is like, I should have trusted all of you more. And it's like, dude, no one should trust anyone who just did this shit to them. <laughs> it really felt like uh, yeah. like cult bonding. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a slight hazing until, you know, you don't have anyone else to rely on and l- except for the people in the secret base together. <laughs> yeah, but he did learn to use his invincibility thing. I gotta say, I think all the second ranger powers are pretty cool outside of the initial three. <laughs> Wait, what are the well, rest no. of them? Because I, from the what I gleaned, uh, the blue has what ten second like time. Zawarudo. Basically, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I understood it as. And then I, then I think it was green, like teleports. Yeah, is that what that is. Yep, he teleports. Okay, so then. And Wait, what is red Black has the invincibility shield. Uh, I feel like blue doesn't really get to use the world very much, considering how freaking cool it is. He does it like twice. He does it, yeah, like season. twice. And one but of it's the times amazing he every does time. it, he's having like problems. Remember? Yeah, but it's fun. That's a good episode, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So then, what yeah, is like... what is the powers for red and yellow? Sorry. I don't yeah, fucking know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> All I keep thinking is like, isn't it the street saber and the racing car that she launches? But I think that's just their regular weapons. Yeah, no, that's just their weapons. Uh, what's his power? I don't uh, think they have one. No, they totally do. It's just that they only use it like one. <laughs> it's too broken. They were like, no, y'all, y'all would whoop Vengeance's ass with this upgrade. Stop it. I mean, that's why they got to put the, what, five seconds counter on the invincibility. Yeah, but you got like 12 seconds of time stoppage. Like, <laughs> that's just fucking broken on a huge number of levels. Like, there's a reason why that was like the ultimate power in part three of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Because <laughs> it was so good that like, if you had it, you could kick anyone's ass. <laughs> and not only that, but like... An entire Dragon Ball Super character is dedicated to that concept of like, oh, what if we just had an amazing martial artist who had time stop abilities and also could fly around and do energy projectiles? It's just insane. It's a fun aspect of the show, though. I will say that. Oh, my gosh. I'm having trouble even looking this up because it's like so trivial to the show. They never do it. Whatever the freaking I think. I think they red gets strong or something. I swear to God, it's something like that. That would kind of make sense how he's able to eventually like defeat certain enemies after a time. He has um, the Dragon Ball Z thing. Where he just continually gets stronger each fight. Comes close to death, and then every time you come close to death, you come back stronger. Mm. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but in real life. Yellow has, I don't know, plot armor move on <laughs> yeah yellow has the, don't the give me enough screen armor. time <laughs> yeah, <yellow has> no <laughs> screen time <laughs> no screen <laughs> time superpower i i have the Could power be a blessing. to not appear on camera very much you know what i believe that considering i can literally out of those three episodes i can only think of like two scenes where she's like the main focus in for like five seconds and that's it outside of her like two-parter which is 
pretty decent, but not amazing. She basically gets shafted for most of the season. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it really... It sucks because she could have been a cooler character, but some of the other characters are cool, so I don't know. It kind of balances out in some ways, but it's also like... It, it does suck that a couple of the characters kind of get forgotten as the season goes on. In terms of <laughs> I mean, of Save it for years? the season review! Stop! I know, I know, I know. We'll do it tomorrow. Uh... Th- was there anything else really important in this episode that I didn't cover besides them gaslighting she, the fuck um, out of villains? Can I ask? Yes. Yeah, I was going to bring up the hand. So did they, did she do that in the previous episode or this is the first episode where they, first episode where she can, where she oh. can be after hand. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first episode. Where okay. I had a feeling it must have been since they, she could, uses... they called the whole episode handshake. Right. She uses that hand ability more than red and yellow use their suitability. <laughs> I blue. can guarantee I that. Mean, she used it in this episode and the and one of the other episodes of the three. So I have to She's just, very creative just probability based. She must use it much more. <laughs> she uses it a lot. She's she's actually. Like, I mean, it's good. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna have an android character, you know, take advantage of like those detachable body parts. For sure. They definitely introduced it in this episode in like the goofiest, most Adams family way possible, though. It definitely looks like the same effects that were like in the <laughs> Adams family movie from the 90s. Like, like this evil robot that wants to kill you is pranking you with her detachable hand. Dog. I mean, That's the so fact crazy. that it they, <laughs> the hand was revealed by giving Green a wedgie, I'm like, oh my god, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That was um that was I something mean, all right. Did he deserve it though? Yes. I think that's and a more question question. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just yes. <laughs> I was going to make that take more complicated but no, just yes. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh also uh this is at the end of this episode is when it's revealed who Dr. K is and they don't do a great job with this which is unfortunate because like she is an interesting character throughout the season that like adds a lot of depth to the storytelling overall and like is fine but like this introduction is like just too goofy again i don't know what it is about it exactly but they instead of making it in any way dramatic they just make it into like did you think i was gonna be taller yeah a series (laughs) of rim shots basically yeah dr k can't riff with the best (laughs) <laughs> i mean i figure it's early enough i can forgive it for trying to be a little too goofy i mean i noticed that also in like the cinematography versus like this one versus the other episodes we saw but i i mean i don't know i haven't seen all the rest of the episodes so just in my mind i'm like okay this is episode number five i can cut them a little bit slack they're probably still trying to figure out their bearings so they're being a little too goofy maybe they're trying to do like that 90s cheese but it's just it's 2009 it's not it's not gonna it don't that that kind of cheese don't age well. Yeah, and it doesn't fit. It just felt really out of place. It felt kind of mm, like a Dino Thunder episode almost, or something. The whole episode mm-hmm. was just weird. Just weird vibes. I think it was very yeah. reminiscent of just like the clunkiness of prior Power Ranger seasons to like introduce characters. Like we were yeah. having that conversation of I think in reference to the previous episode where like. Beginning episodes of Power Rangers tend to suck. Back then, very rarely when we showed it to certain people, like, did we ever have a positive response? Because the episodes that we typically watched together in the beginning weren't so great, only to then, like, 
watch some extremely pod shit later on, right? Yeah, um, they, they all have like like the slow start because they're like, okay, we have to fit all the character plot stuff so people who are watching for story have something. I yeah, like exactly. It is. Yeah, and uh, Jungle Fury, I think, is probably the most underrated. Like, we didn't talk about that even when we were talking about the Disney seasons. Uh, it definitely underrated, but even that one uh, still suffers from, like, beginning clunkiness, especially <laughs> when, like, introducing, like, just family dynamics or the dynamics of the team, etc. So it was very reminiscent of just, like, the goofiness of that, and I think that's what really brought it down for me <laughs> personally. Yeah, agreed. But thankfully, it's kind of a singular episode that then we move on and things get better. So speaking of moving on, the next episode is Dr. K, right? Uh, Ranger. No, it's Ranger Blue. Are we doing them in order? Because that was Ranger Blue. That's number 10. And then Dr. K is 11. Okay. My bad. Oh, no problem. I literally have everything on my notes right in front of me. So I just have an advantage. Sick. <laughs> that's a that's it's it's been a while since I've heard words like that. Oh, I have notes for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a nerd by default. I oh, no, you're good. We love it. We love it. <laughs> Ranger Blue. Ugh, amazing episode. <laughs> Literally the episode that we were trying to watch together. I know that right? we kept having to reschedule and reschedule schedules. Then we were just like, I can't do it. Gotta watch individually. Literally, like it was the fucking meme of this like rich just... dad, poor dad of like just hacking away and just walking <laughs> back right when we were about to literally strike gold. Yeah, just an incredible episode. <laughs> this starts with uh <laughs> this starts with a, a scene that honestly was really needed to help make this season work. And honestly, like, I wish they had done this in some other seasons. So Dr. K is like, okay, so uh, now that you know who I am a little bit and we're getting to know each other more and y'all are doing this job and et cetera, et cetera, it seems like this is a good chance for us to sit down and do an orientation and give you a chance to ask questions about stuff. And then she kind of makes it clear that like she's not gonna do this again. <laughs> so so the Rangers just immediately all their hands start creeping up and they're like, uh yeah, actually, uh and and they start chiming in with the most hilarious freaking questions. Like they start asking about the big goofy eyes on the megazord and shit. You love it. <laughs> yeah, I have the exact quote. Big googly anime eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think has a lot of implications for this universe. Like, oh, y'all watch anime? <laughs> so they know what kind of situation they're in, right? Yep. Yes. They all watch <laughs> Evangelion. Um, <laughs> Ziggy asks about the explosions behind them when they morph. Like, they really get into, like some meta almost fourth wall breaking territory in a really good way with this scene so it starts off on a really funny note with that also flynn asks about yelling right yelling the the catchphrase <laughs> i RPM, love this, get in I gear. Love this scene so much i'm sorry i'm just every time i remember a little bit more of it it makes me laugh <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good i can see why it was number one um and 
this causes this. Oh yeah, because this is what causes Flynn to have his first flashback. So uh, he's like, "Can't we yell something cooler?" Uh, and uh, he says something about justice. And Dr. K, who has this very like uh, libertarian right kind of like mindset about a lot of stuff, is just like, "There is no such thing as justice. That's an abstract <laughs> moral concept. I'm an objectivist." Um, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, this causes Flynn to have a flashback, and he has a few flashbacks during this episode um, of times that he was hanging out with his father or things that he did during his life. And this first flashback to being with his father, he's reading a superhero uh, comic book, and his dad is like, "Oh, it's after he gets uh, after the school scene." Sorry, he goes. Oh, is it after school? The there's a girl getting oh, her. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so he flashes back to being a kid and seeing a girl get bullied at school. And uh, he thinks to himself, I've got to intervene in this situation. And so he does, and he gets, everyone beats him up. And at the end of it, he looks at the girl who's getting bullied, thinking at least she'll thank him. And she, like, dumps her lunch on him and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so... Then he's hanging out with Damn. his dad and he's reading superhero comic books and he's like, his dad's just like, son, don't, don't live in fantasy. That shit ain't real. In real life, people are mean and shit sucks. <laughs> 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 don't forget the important details where he takes the comic books and throws it away. Yeah. It's those very, signifiers. Very emotional. And also, Flynn, it's worth noting in this scene and in all the subsequent scenes, is always, like, helping his dad with, like, the mechanicking and stuff that his dad is up to. Um, even while his dad's being harsh on him, it's like he's handing him wrenches and being, like, nice, you know? Uh, which just really speaks to the depth of his character, for sure. Back in real time, the shield's been breached and Nia Seven's running around doing the stuff and there's the bad things happening, like always. And Tanaya, like, makes fun of all the rangers. Basically, like, pegs them down to some stereotype that they wouldn't want to have applied to them. But then when she gets to Flynn, she's like, what even are you? And he's just like, uh, I'm Scottish! Very... <laughs> 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 I love when the, the bagpipes always cut in at the right time just yes. to reinforce it, like in the flashbacks and in that scene. It's amazing. <laughs> it's truly Kino. <laughs> it's the peak of comedy. The fight doesn't go super well. Uh, Flint, uh, Scott is having trouble with his powers, so Flynn tries to step in, and then Flynn has trouble with his powers, and then it, it, they basically just get whooped somewhat. Tanaya walks away just, like, making fun of the Blue Ranger, basically, which causes him <laughs> to have another flashback to when he graduated. His dad's like, what are you going to do, son? You graduated. And Flynn's like, well, I just want to help people. And his dad's like, this world is not good to people like you who want to help people. And sure enough, Flynn's experiences quickly match that. And this is where the episode really takes a turn for the wild, considering this is the Power Rangers, because this is way more commentary than they ever get into normally or would even be, like, 
willing to make. Like, they did a whole season of pro-cop shit. Um, (laughs) An entire season of just ice rangers roughing up some immigrants. You know what? Maybe they, they, they felt like, okay, we did that. We have that. Okay, now time to make fun of uh, volunteer orcs and cops and firefighters. <laughs> so, uh, Flynn becomes a cop, and he's trying to take the mayor's son into custody, and he gets thin blue lined out of being a cop because <laughs> of trying to do the right thing. Just straight up, that's what happens. Similarly, when he becomes a firefighter, the uh, fire department is telling him to was- stop shooting all that water because he's causing water damage and and he's got to stop and he's like no i have more things to save and then he pulls that 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 baggie of fish and he gives <laughs> it to the old lady and then he's like i gotta go back for the plants i only remember that because that won my heart as someone who currently has 15 different pots of plants in their room i will say that <laughs> won my heart <laughs> As someone with a fancy terrarium with a frog in it, uh, <laughs> I want Flynn to come to my house if there's a fire. <laughs> Honestly, these flashbacks were getting me to think that he's like Scottish Catholic, in a sense. <laughs> he sacrifices so much just to get, like, what in return, right? Like, just completely rejected. Yeah, truly. But the most most important job, though. So, yeah, he joins a volunteer org figuring, non-government, okay, maybe this would be better, right? No, the volunteer org is exploiting indigenous peoples to make tennis rackets. Organic tennis rackets. High and dry. <laughs> Organic tennis rackets. And leaving them high and dry when they actually need help. Uh, and so, Flynn goes full brave heart. Full brave heart. <laughs> 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 Unreal. I don't even know what to say. He goes full Braveheart. I don't even know what else to say about it. Like, <laughs> you need to just watch that. You just he have to like, watch it. Destroys one of the tennis rackets, right? No, they use them as weapons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was amazing. Unreal commentary. Like, like I can't I, even name yeah. anything that I've watched that that's had as deep of commentary. In like the past year. I think especially the scene right when he gets to the fire. You see like someone wearing like a pair of Tevas or one of those like strap sandals. Literally like smashing a bagpipe. (laughs) Like a quick cut in. I was just like wow. (laughs) This says so much about society. (laughs) Truly. Truly. (laughs) This reminded me of... uh... Uh, that episode in Lightspeed with Joel and his cousin, except they totally blinked at a certain point with the commentary. And it was still, like, way more than we'd ever seen in the Power Rangers up till that point, so it was worth noting at the time. But, like, this time, they did not blink. They're just (laughs) like, yeah, Flynn was a victim of capitalism. This is what that looks like. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it fits in with the theme of the season, right? It does. The sort of vibes I'm getting. Which yes. I'm sure will be touched on the next episode more. But uh, unfortunately, they don't learn the lesson. But we'll get into that in the season review. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> after that, we uh, we're staying in the flashback, and he comes back home, to having a conversation with his dad. But then it's the day of the Vengex attacks, 
which they show this day over and over. And my God, we're going to talk about this a lot in the season review because <laughs> so scary, actually. Like, they really, they make it terrifying in episodes like this. And so they hear on the radio, you know, a computer virus has built robots and is killing humans. And they're like, oh, my God. And they, you know, take off. But as soon as they get to, like, one of these, it's not really fully explained, but it seems like they have sort of these, like, military run shelter things along the way to Corinth like helping you get there kind of like that's sort of the implication when they're like stopping at some of these places it seems like it's not always clear though but uh they're like at one of these places and this is when Flynn becomes the bus driver that we saw in the intro because the military driver is like I'm done whatever locks off or something disgruntled hasn't been paid in weeks probably i don't know and um this woman is like no no you have to go back there's survivors still back there including my daughter you have to go back and flynn's like i've got to do it i got to be the one and his dad's like no and tries to stop him but he gets on the bus and he drives off and he goes off and he goes on a freaking scary ass adventure in the blowing desert waste with robots all around to rescue these people. That just becomes like a thing that he's doing for a little while before, uh, you know, the intro of, of the show. When he does come back from that run, that's when his father and Flynn have this moment. And his father looks at him and he goes, I was wrong to, never t- or to tell you to never believe in superheroes because I'm looking at one. And it's just like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, actually, truly heartwarming moments. What the heck? That's a good dad moment. I was like, dang, they really squeeze one in. Oh, it's so, it's so good. It's so sugary and good. It really is. And it really, you really can tell that it means something to Flynn's character. And it helps build him up. And it helps give you this sense of, like, where his strength comes from as a ranger. Because he seemed like kind of like the core of the team a little bit in terms of like just being really solid and like upright in every situation they've been in a lot. But it's like, why, why are you like that? Well, this helps to explain it a lot for sure. Flynn comes back to the present. Oh, I kind of skipped over one little thing, which is after he got his ass kicked, he was told he can't morph again for a while. So the Rangers go out during some of while he's having these flashbacks. And they're fighting, and he's being told he needs to wait, he needs to stay. You know, morphing could be dangerous for you right now. He's watching his fellow rangers get dunked, and he can't handle that. And so he decides he has to do something and heads out against Dr. K's orders. He's like, listen, I think I might have figured out a way to, like, fix this problem with my morpher. It's a little dangerous, but I'm just going to try it. And it works. It's also cool because this helps to build up some other things about Flynn's character being like the mechanic who maybe isn't as scientific as Dr. K, but does get some of this stuff. The very final scene um, after they beat everybody up, which of course they do, it's, it doesn't even take long, uh, Flynn <laughs> goes to, to see his dad uh, who has a little garage here in Corinth, and his dad has a scrapbook of news articles um about his son the blue ranger the hero and it's very cute 
It's a really great way to end the episode. <laughs> More cute dad Power stuff. Power Rangers, RPM. <laughs> it's just a really <laughs> touching episode, but also very funny and also just really good. And they managed to blend everything really well here. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny they open up with that meta stuff, especially with the Green Ranger mentioning the explosions, considering that's how Blue solves his issue with the explosion. Yep. Because <laughs> I thought it was just funny meta, ha ha ha. But they actually like worm it, weave it in, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're working on big brain levels right now. Yeah, this, this episode had some thought into it. This was like an episode of Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the only, I was trying to see if, like, maybe I had some, like, critique of it, really, as a Power Rangers episode. There is one, and that's really a... Her name is Tanaya, right? Yeah. Tanaya's performance, like, it's not good. <laughs> and I think she had, a, she had a very long, like, interaction with Flynn that was pretty yep. crucial to one of his flashbacks, or at least the whole crux of the episode, right? Mm -hmm. That, like, seeing that scene was, like, really funny with the I'm Scottish part. But Tanaya's, like, interaction with him sucks so much. <laughs> yeah, some of her some of her scenes, especially early on, are written a little too ham-fisted. And this is definitely that. <laughs> it's crazy that you can boost someone up to S tier, though, in one episode, right? <laughs> it just happened for sure <laughs> yeah that's definitely a season first uh let's go ahead let's not get too into it let's go into the next yeah. best episode dr k so this is crazy because it comes right after ranger blue and right after seeing an episode that was like mind-blowingly like wilder than anything we've practically ever seen we get an episode that like rips all of your expectations off again and says, no, fuck you. There's more here. <laughs> when Ziggy morphed into his Green Ranger outfit and it does the explosion behind him, he goes, see, doesn't anybody else see the explosion? <laughs> and there's like fire behind him. Oh, God. That dissipates. It's, it's a great gag. It was. Yeah, I loved it so it really much. It was. So good. But, okay, so Dr. K completely mind-boggling episode dr k is like she's it opens with like she seems to be kind of trying to like work out a technological problem by playing the violin in that kind of way where like sometimes like looking at a problem differently helps you know like she's watching like these images go by on the computer screen that have schematics and things on them and playing the violin and thinking but it doesn't really seem to be working out she seems to be getting like increasingly upset uh, when Summer comes in and interrupts her. It causes her violin strings to break, and at first Summer just thinks that like, oh, she's just she's just pissed for like normal reasons. But as Summer like darts out of there, you see that Doctor K is like crying a little bit, and that like she's having like a some kind of serious emotional thing going on right now. We'll come back to that in a minute, though. In the meantime, uh. The Vengex plot starts off like a lot of Vengex plots. I made a bot. Here you go, Tanaya. Go take it and do the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not very sophisticated. 
But that's not important. Coming back to the lab, Dr. K is having a briefing with everyone where she's telling everybody, hey, you know, Vengex technology is surpassing like anything that we've got right now. And we've been very narrowly winning the fights. Uh, and I'm worried that the next bot that Vengex rolls out is going to destroy us. They need another flux overthruster, which was that like special magical component that they couldn't make that they had to go get before out of the wasteland. And so getting a second one, it seems like impossible as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. K just is really like, I really don't know what the solution is besides get one of these, but I also have no idea how we'd get another one. Um, this is like a problem that you don't see until like the end of a character's plot, right? Like this is typically like unfixable problem. That I just can't seem to like imagine a solution for, or think of a solution for, like that. That's typically something of like endgame type of shit in like Power Rangers. It seems Rangers like really season. high stakes because it's like, oh, it's only episode eleven, and like they've already surpassed our technology. I was like, whoa, this took me aback a little bit. I was. They like, keep whoa. the stakes really high this season. Yeah. Um, and they really. It's not even until well after this that they ever start to turn it around and take the fight to Vengex. Like, at this point, they're still just completely survival mode. And not only that, but now they've just established that uh, they're losing. So we've been in survival mode for 10 episodes, and now we're just losing. Yeah, it seems bad. And Ziggy tries to be hopeful about it, and Dr. K just destroys him from orbit. Uh, with a thermonuclear weapon for even trying to have optimism in the face of this horrible situation that they're she in. She does like some Ben Shapiro type shit. Oh, yeah. I have a quote. It's, what's it like being stupid your whole life? Is it as wonderful as it seems? I was just like, holy shit! How old is this teenage girl? <laughs> <laughs> and this is when we get a flashback to Dr. K's childhood. So... Dr. K was a very smart little girl. And we see her like doing complex math on the sidewalk. And some CIA agents kidnap her and take her to a black site forever. That's literally, <laughs> the Power Rangers literally goes there. It's like a fucking X Files episode. Um, yeah. And she's a part of the Alphabet Soup program. Yeah. So, so. Dr. K is being abused by Google circa <laughs> 2009 to create the algorithms that will make them rich and the CIA able to spy on us more easily. Don't or, you know, other orgs like too, but I'm just... Rocket codes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, truthering aside, uh, yeah, so Alphabet Soup is like a CIA black site. Is presumably We're not joking. Armenia. It's not a bit. It yeah, actually not is a, a CIA I, like, I black said, like, site. The, 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 I, I know we're joking about sound. it, but the, some of the, our <laughs> listeners don't actually watch the show. And they just live vicariously through us. So we want to reiterate, it is a CIA black site. It's They terrifying. literally like identify it as a CIA black site. They just don't yeah. say it like outright. Yeah, it's They're literally very like scary lying place. to her and telling her, oh, you can't go outside. You're sick. You're allergic to the sun. Yep. They're they're just lying to her all the time, messing with her. Yeah, every we see her like growing up over the years in this facility. 
And it's clear that, like, every project that they have her do is just irresponsible. Like, you know when you see, like, science news and some scientists are like, we put a bomb inside a live monkey and then let it out in the jungle to see what would happen. And you're just like, who approved that? Why would anyone do that? That doesn't make sense. That's extremely awful. Like, every project that they describe at Alphabet Soup is something like that. Yeah, I was, like, counting the candles, and so, like, when they ha- she has her first birthday, she has six candles, and they ask her to make a thermal-guided rocket system. I was like, what the hell? Why do they need this? Yeah. They and say so, it, too. It's not like we're yeah, just Yeah, it's not a joke. It's shit. not a joke. That's, like, almost, that's nearly word for word, what they said. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't blink um, here. They, these suits, and we never see their faces, too, which is extra freaky. Very X Files again. Uh, uh, for me, I've never seen X Files, so for me, it was very uh, what is it, cow and chicken? <laughs> yes, also a valid reference. <laughs> um, uh, these suits are like make a wish every time we see these birthdays, and she's like, I want to go outside, like that's the, the only thing I want, and they're like, Nope, you can't do that. You're very sick and allergic to the sun, and they just keep reiterating that. The one and that then got me. The last, Sorry. The last go ahead, go ahead. part of this flashback, she wishes that she could remember her name. So crazy. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this She's is the Power at that top point. Yeah, it just a child should not see this. <laughs> <laughs> My son might be old enough. At that point, I was just like, holy shit. Like, this is extremely messed up. And it's not really trivialized either. No. Like, this is like a core pillar of Dr. K's, like, whole personality is the fact that, like, she didn't have a childhood and therefore she is expressing it in different ways, right? Like, she's expressing it through the Ranger outfits and their designs and the Zord designs and all this other stuff that we see. And also, like, her distrust, she doesn't call anybody by their names at this point in the show. She just refers to them by their color. Um, and uh, it's, like, at the point where, like, it kind of upsets some of them. Especially Ziggy, but even, like, Flynn comments on it, I think. And, like, a couple of them definitely comment on it. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm blue. I get it. You know, <laughs> like, it's, she's very detached and cold. And, like, this episode, like, puts that level of trauma into perspective, for sure. As opposed to it just being, like, this weird, quirky character thing. Now it's like, oh, no, she's really, like, she's, she's fucked up. And this makes sense, actually. Literally from ages 5 to 14, living in a concrete cell, just being forced to work. Let's not, let's not like, speculate <laughs> Dr. K's age and just say that she's in her 20s. Please. There's, oh, no, no. There's I was like, counting the candles on the I was counting the candles on the page. No, no, no. Don't do that. In the Power Rangers. Okay. Never do things like that in the Power Rangers. You're only going to make certain characters worse. Just don't do it. <laughs> Because I do feel that the bob they the the little wig they had on her was doing a very much heavy lifting of whatever when they were trying to imply that she's 
she didn't have a childhood, so she expresses it through the haircut as well. Yeah. I'm very familiar with that haircut. <laughs> very intimately familiar with having the bob. <laughs> so uh, we flash back to the present. There's alarms going off. I can't uh, believe the you new Benjikot is out, and uh, it has this power to like replicate shit, replicates Zord parts, and then like dunks the Rangers with their own Zords. And the Rangers are like, "Fuck, we don't know what to do. We're getting dunked with our own Zords." It's like Yugi trap card mirror force moment <laughs> every time. It's like um, they know it's coming in this episode. Like, no and they lie, still though. Do it, though. And they still do it every time. Every time. <laughs> They're uh, just like, fuck, how are we going to beat it? I don't fucking know. We only have one thing that we do every episode. <laughs> what do you want from us? <laughs> <laughs> We need Dr. K. So, yeah, so the, the Rangers are like, Dr. K, what can we do? But Dr. K is kind of, like, speechless. But uh, they get saved by the bell this time. Um, the evil robot malfunctions all on its own. And uh, the forces have to withdraw uh, so that they can get back to Venjik's headquarters and figure out what happened. That was, like, sure, that is, like, technically plot convenience, but it was, like, the right kind, you know? like. It felt like they were absolutely about to get wrecked. The city was taking damage, like all kinds of shits going down. And they just seemed to be completely out of hope. And this was like a good way to forestall the conclusion for a bit and give them a little time to try to figure something out. Um, especially because we've already established that they're extremely desperate in this episode. They capture the malfunctioning robot. There's a little bit of disagreement between Colonel Truman and Dr. K if it's a good idea. Dr. K, of course, is an objectivist and will always rule on the idea uh, on the side of uh, technology being more important than human lives. So she's like, uh, listen, um, some people may die so that we can have this here, but we need to study it so that we have a chance to win the war. Because, you know, again, she's concerned that they, they're, they're losing the technology battle. Also... I didn't realize this at the time, but there's a crazy part of this scene that ties into the end. Because Corporal Hicks is way too interested in the technology. We'll talk about that in the season finale review. I was hoping that was leading to something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The fact that they name him, I was like, hmm. Yeah, he's kind of a small character overall, so this is an unusually uh, prominent scene for him. Hmm, I wonder if it's meaningful. Um, okay, so uh, we get some more of Dr. K's childhood, so to speak, after this at Alphabet Soup. Um, this is uh, in the next set of flashbacks, she meets Jem and Gemma, um, who basically become her only friends. Jem uh, and Gemma are also uh, captives of this CIA black site program and have been raised here since children as well, it seems. Um, and they are. Uh, basically super pilots they have been raised since childhood to uh be you know robocop or whatever i don't know like (laughs) they 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 do imply that they are enhanced in some ways that implies things about venjik's technology later i remember that dr k is not very warm to gem and gemma at first and kind of makes that clear and there's especially this scene where they give her a birthday present, and she's like, I don't really like you guys. You know that, right? 
And they're like, yeah, we know, but we like you. And also, it's just kind of implied that, like, they don't have any other possible friends in this facility. Like, they've never been allowed to meet anybody else in here before. Nope. Friends of convenience. Right. Uh, It's like they were only allowed to meet Dr. K so that they could all work together on this project. But that's it. (laughs) Also, they're being told the same lie, that they're allergic to the sun and that they can't go outside. So uh, that's that gets well established. So uh, Dr. K sees this butterfly one day in the alphabet soup uh, black site. And she's like, a butterfly? What the fuck? And she starts to kind of like see it sort of flutter back out of her room. And so she follows it down the hall and she follows it down these like labyrinths of like terrifying looking like looks like a bombed cold war building or something i don't like what is this <laughs> you know um, it's like a, a huge underground bunker yeah it's very freaky uh and so she's like chasing this butterfly and she chases it all the way to this teeny tiny little window up high in the concrete in this room and the window has sunlight pouring through it and she puts her hand in the sunlight and she waits and she looks and she realizes they're fucking lying to her. <laughs> Crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Once again. And so Dr. K kind of silently starts to form this plan to escape at that point. Back to the present, they made another one of these attack bots. Um, the city's under attack again. Also, it turns out that this whole bot getting captured thing was all a trick by Tanaya, who is actually kind of clever and tricks the, these motherfuckers a lot. Um, <laughs> like, uh, she knew that Dr. K would be dying to get a hand on some, uh, you know, high-level Vengex technology and study it, and so she set all this up, and it's a trap. Um, so the rangers are off fighting one thing, um, but they're losing control of their zords. Uh, and you know, all kinds of stuff. Tanaya's messing with stuff in the lab. It's causing problems for them out on the field. Dr. K's having to try to fight Tanaya, and she's not a fighter. It's like um, the fall of Troy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um, what's even more uh, troubling for Dr. K is that she's having trouble controlling these uh, post-traumatic stress flashbacks because Tanaya uh, starts to, like, be very adamant that she's going to escape this cage that Dr. K is like temporarily trapped her in. And like just her saying that causes Dr. K to have another flashback. So it's Dr. K and Gem and Gemma in this little lab that she's always been stuck in basically. And Dr. K is like, listen, they're lying to you about the sunlight shit. We got to get the fuck out of here. She's got this computer virus, Benjix, that she created that's going to help them to take down all the lab's defenses. And so uh, she starts to set up the virus, but then the guards come to get all of them. She's like, no, no, wait, I have to, I have to finish setting it up or the virus could spread outside of the facility. You have, to, you have to let me finish. And they just don't pay any attention and drag her away. And that's it. That's where it all starts. The Vengex computer virus. It's a, it's a crazy reveal. <laughs> Yeah. As they're dragging her away, she's screaming, I just wanted to go outside. So sad. So fucked up. (laughs) I will admit, it made me a little teary-eyed because I felt so bad. 
I mean, I, well, you could discuss it once we finish talking about the episode, but I was like, is there like any other instance where it's been sort of like this situation in Power Rangers? But not like can this. say that for later. Oh, not as really? emotionally deep, I don't think. No, not not presented like this. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> like this is crazy. This is like stuff you like paid twenty dollars at a movie theater to go see. <laughs> Levels I, of uh, writing yeah. here. You don't really get that a lot. Yeah, that butterfly sequence too like the whole reveal because it's literally just her walking alone there's no other like sounds except for like a little bit of piano playing i was like wow this is surprisingly a very beautiful sequence from like a children's tv show yeah it's a shockingly good episode so at this point tanaya gets out um because she had of course used the detaching her hand power a very simple but practical superpower <laughs> that she actually uses all the time unlike whatever dorky powers the rangers had um <laughs> 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 things start to turn around tanaya is like playing mind games with the doctor uh it is like doing like almost like kill bill whistling <laughs> at her and like like, where am I? Like, like serial killer shit, you know? Um, and, and Dr. K is like mentally unraveling at this point and has been since the beginning of the day and like picks up her sound cannon and just starts blasting shit around the lab, like not even knowing where Tanaya might be, but just just having a total meltdown. Uh, and this causes her to have yet another uh, flashback. Uh, this is the flashback to when the Vengex attacks were happening. Dr. K is packing up and getting ready to abandon the lab. At this point, security apparently is no longer an issue because things are that bad. She's getting ready to go. Gem and Gemma are also there. She tries to get them to all leave together, but Gem and Gemma say, we're going to go get the classified silver and gold prototypes. And they run off. Hint, 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 hint. Uh, if you've watched the Power Rangers, you know color drops. <laughs> um, I thought that was a really fun setup. It made me really excited for them to eventually come back as somebody who like understands Power Rangers tropes. I'm like, oh, dang. They're probably going to be bonus Rangers. I'm so hyped. <laughs> and like that was like that scene definitely made me very hyped. <laughs> Um, but at that point, like, but it's also it's intense. Like, it's, yeah, because <laughs> like Dr. K is like, no, don't go back for that stuff. It's not worth it. And she doesn't know their fate. And she just, in the present, you know, we've now realized that she just assumes that her only friends died that day. There was like a bunch of explosions and it was just like dust everywhere. It was just like, oh, sh <laughs> Tanaya may be smart, but Dr. K is also smart. So Tanaya was set in traps, but Dr. K was up earlier, you know, like Tanaya was rising, grinding at like 5 a.m. Like, I got this. Dr. K was up at three. You're fucked. Um, <laughs> 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 it turns out uh, that Dr. K had a plan all along, too. She uses the mirror bot to duplicate. What was that thing called? The flux capacitor. Capacitor. Probably. Opacitor. <laughs> um, and uh, get a second one, the impossible thing, because that's what the, the robot is capable of doing. And also, uh, Dr. K takes her violin 
and starts playing it, and it activates this very strong vent fan that just starts venting shit out of the lab. And uh, she has to kind of resist even the wind herself. Uh, but uh, Tanaya is sucked at the vent successfully. Uh, that very, was an amazing scene. Very amazing scene. <laughs> <laughs> very meme-worthy. It was like folklore-ish, which the Power Rangers likes to do, but they didn't like ham, ham it up too like, much. Where they're like, "You get it? It's 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 like a folklore. It's like a is it's like a it's it's like a Grimm's fairy tale. Do you get it yet?" And you're like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> <laughs> um, like this was actually like really well done. Um, and uh, also since. Uh, uh, since they have the second flux capacitor, the Rangers are able to form a new Megazord. Dun, 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 and they win. There's a final flashback to like Dr. K like arriving at Corinth and like basically like then cutting back to her in the present and like looking at these like mementos that she has of Gem and Gemma and just like sinks in that like damn she really thinks that they're gone forever and they could very well be you know we don't know yet the very obvious hints in the tropes are there but also like still very emotional regardless like and like you could tell that this this weighs on dr k and this is like why she's so cold to these rangers she got invested once never again never again (laughs) power rangers rpm (laughs) incredible episode episode. all right rate and review handshake i'll go first uh you know at the time i was thinking it's like a six i think the uh the disassembling the hand i know that adam's family bit it's kind of like played out or whatever but it's fine it's harmless it's good fun pretty low stakes in comparison with the rest of stuff but there was a little bit of like Drops here and there to keep you going. Um, so it's like a six, sure. A light six. Probably no more than that. Kennedy? I think Handshake is... I think I'm going to go with the five, honestly. Five? Uh, just because it was too cheesy in that way that was too much like stuff that's come before um, that was awful. I don't know. Like, it just... That was my only mo- real moment of watching this season where I was like, mm, is this season going to hold up? That was like it. Then, then after that, I didn't really have a lot of doubt moments. But that, that was like, yeah, just kind of eh, pretty forgettable, unlikable episode overall. But not horrible. So, five. Fair enough, fair enough. I do think, I don't know. I think I didn't come around to thinking that it was too cheesy just because like, how many times do we see that sort of trope ever actually executed in such a way that's like i don't know how would i explain it like just the way for like a villain to actually get the upper hand versus it just being a comical thing <laughs> upper <You know>? hand. <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i mean the hand trope is cheesy but when is it like that utilized because i i guess you know it's like okay we got the hand bit got time to do the hand bit where it's crawling around like a spider and give people wedgies and you know do do the hand, funny little hand things someone's not looking they think someone else is helping him but it's the hand disembodied hand <laughs> wow what I did mean, you think 
Um, I think, yeah, I'm somewhere in between you guys, like five or six, like kind of down the middle. It's okay. I mean, it's like definitely one of those like episodes where you could just like, you're flipping through channels and you want to watch it for a bit. It's, you know, I mean, besides the Professor K reveal at the end, I mean, it's a little forgettable. It's they're doing cheese. It's early enough that I like, I imagine like they probably don't get to do that too much more often in episodes. So I feel like they're kind of just like getting it out. Yeah. First best episode, Ranger Blue. That's a I guess 10. I'll, that's a 10? That's I think 10. it actually busts higher. Um, I'm gonna wow, Ranger, Ranger Blue busts? <laughs> I mean... You'll find out. We'll, we'll get to that in the season review. It might be disappointing. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I think it's right on a 10 for me. Like It's just a really, really good episode. And I think overall it come, overcomes most of its like small problems, but the small problems do make me wonder, is it really like a scale breaking episode? I am tempted to give it like an 11 though, just because of the anti-capitalist theme. So maybe that's what I was saying when you were, when you were talking about it out loud, when you were talking about it out loud, I was like, I think this is like a 10. It's probably like a 11. And then when you were talking, when you were talking about the uh, politics of it all, I was like, this might actually be a fucking 12, especially with the way it all like wrapped. I, I like the way it all like tied a bow. I'm a sucker for a father son story, I guess is what I'm also saying too. So this might be a scale buster for me, but I'm going to be on the fair, fair headspace here and give it probably an 11, but I could see why somebody would think it's a 12 for sure. I'm going to say it's a, a, at least a 10 and a half. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm ten and a half because it was it's a really solid episode. Also kind of a sucker for father son ups because you know you don't get that much. I don't feel like there's like enough father son media that's like good because this one resolves like very good. They they're very good at like laying out like, oh, the father doesn't have faith in him until the end, of course. And that's when it all comes together and he's really proud. And the scrapbook is very cute. It was just like, ooh, cherry on top. I guess that's also why I kind of view it as like a 12, just because of the anti-capitalist themes on top of the father-son story. Oh, it's a good because, thing. Like, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> yeah, because like my father took me to some of the most like, like just absolutely sad father-son stories of all time. Like I've seen The Road with him. You know, I've seen uh, that Will Smith movie, The Pursuit the of Happiness. Oh. No, The Pursuit of Happiness. And I'm just like, oh, damn, you really didn't need to bust out the tearjerker here, Power Rangers. Ah, oh, fuck. I loved it. I loved that episode a lot. That's what I'm saying. I could give it a 12, but uh, like I said, I'll maintain a more level head with an 11. All right, Dr. K. That's a 12. I can't believe that there's an episode of Power Rangers like this. Uh, that's the thing about it. That's why I have to give it the absolute maximum scale-busting score uh, is because it's just... Yeah, I, I... What? How did this happen? That's absolutely bonkers. Uh, it's high-prestige television. Like, the reason I gotta give it the 12 is because I usually always say stuff in my reviews, like, if a Power Rangers 10 is not like a 10. It's like a Power Rangers 10. You know, I, I, I always moderate the shit that I say against some of that kind of talk because 
that's how I feel about it to some extent. Like, there's always aspects of it that are a little bit kids' show. But this is prestige television. The Virgin. For Power Rangers, it's a 10. To the chat, it's a 10 for television. Let's go. This is just this is <laughs> actual television. <laughs> wow. This is, uh, this is as emotional as like anything I can ever remember watching on television practically. And I did cry a tiny bit. Okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> I was glad I'm also, I'm, a cry- I'm, I, I'm someone who easily cries, so I, I did get teary-eyed, like just her, like at her tortured childhood. I just like, oh, they, they got me, man. It was good. It's just so good. Yeah. I, get, I, I, I wasn't as in- at stuff like that for sure when it's well done. And this is like that was a rare moment for me with the Power Rangers to actually be like, dang, I'm getting teary eyed right now. But yeah, realistically, th- this is an episode that I said was I-, I saw it literally right after Ranger Blue. And I was like, I think I might need to send Guau this episode like immediately. <laughs> but I got to like watch the rest of the season before I can make the judgment. And uh, this was an episode that I don't feel like the rest of the season came to par with. I don't think it's better than Ranger Blue. Uh, I'm putting it also at an 11. Um, okay. Uh, They're both incredible I I, episodes. Yeah, I can see on like truther shit and just like casual Power Rangers viewer shit. It's like really fucking good. I don't know. I think the the whole justification the whole justification for the way Dr. K acts was kind of also done. I I liked it more because it was a little bit more less, uh, it was less serious in Ranger blue. Um, however, this also sort of escalates Dr. This episode is like Dr. K is the sixth Ranger because at this point, like every episode featured one of the Rangers. And then it ends that sort of naming scheme with Dr. K. And Dr. K is, we already had incredible stories before this, even before Ranger Blue, though none of them quite matched up to Ranger Blue. And then yeah, we get all, Dr. All of K. That arc was incredible. And then you close yeah. it with Dr. K. Just wow. Yeah. And yeah. Dr. K is powerful in her own way. And the way they describe it and, you know, the truth or stuff that they get into is amazing. Um, and I think, I like I said, I think it's a phenomenal episode. I just don't think I quite enjoyed as much as I, or more than Ranger Blue. So that's where I'm at. But, wow, thank you so much for coming to the Sentai Truther Club, finally. And uh, what have you been up to? What would you like to plug today? I mean, honestly, I only have to plug is my Twitter uh and my twitch but i stream really infrequently uh even saying my name just to spell it out for folks because it's very ugly looking five letter word it's g w a u u you can find me on twitter i am a poster by trade beaner by nature uh all i do is post and yeah that's pretty much all i do again i stream super infrequently i mostly stream mobile games uh i scream a little bit of like when i like scrapbook and stuff um a little bias there for the ranger blue thing because <laughs> his dad's scrapbooks <laughs> too um and then i stream sometimes on uh, games on my computer uh 
just like random stuff. Like I think the last game that I streamed on my computer that wasn't like a mobile game was like Freddy Fish. <laughs> <laughs> the one where Classic. they take down a, a, a landlord uh, and land nice. developer. <laughs> nice. Let's go. The good stuff. Well, before we head out, you know, we always ask the question, and I think you've already answered it in the beginning, but would you be willing to watch Power Rangers, more Power Rangers after this? And oh, also, absolutely. I guess, like, you've already spoiled RPM, but what about some other seasons? Would you be interested in that? After getting yeah. a taste of RPM? RPM was good. I mean, I definitely would be down to watch more. Uh, like this, I'm mostly vested this, and I'm definitely interested in seeing, like, you know, where do they go from this? Since this is already like season 17, and there's how many season total? Like 26 now, or is it eight or nine? I think we're at. I think we're at like 29 wow. right now. Yeah, it's like okay. Well, then what else do they do? Because I know it, it. It probably isn't the same exact team, but I'd be definitely interested in seeing, like, okay, now that we have stuff like this to look back on, where do they go from here? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, Rangers, thank you so much for joining us this week, and we'll see you on the next Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.